The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome, everybody, to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and I'm your host today. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend and a great summer so far. Um, We've had a lot of rain in the Northeast, so hopefully you're someplace drier than here. Um, I'd like to do a little introduction in terms of topic for today, Um, and I will introduce our our guest as well. Our guest, um, as you may already know, is Susan Mullins-Overman, and she is a licensed mental health counselor. Susan has a master's degree in mental health and rehabilitation counseling from the University of South Florida in Tampa. She's also the past secretary of the local Tampa Bay chapter of the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals. She is on the scholarship committee for the American Society of Group Psychotherapy and Psychodrama and is past president of the Tampa Bay Association for Women Psychotherapists. Um, Susan has worked with eating disorders, trauma, and substance abuse for the past 20 years. She is a primary therapist at Hyde Park Counseling Center, a women's residential treatment center in Tampa, Florida. Susan is also a trainer, educator, and practitioner of psychodrama and action method of doing therapy. Susan uses psychodrama and other experiential methods with, with individuals and also in the group process. Along, She's written a book with San, Sandra Seeger. Um, I guess she co- I'm sorry. You are authors of Sociodrama Adu, A New Hybrid, which was published in the Journal of Psychodrama, Sociodrama, and Group Psychotherapy. And you are also um, the co-founder of the South Tampa Psychodrama Training. Susan, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to spend an hour with us. Thank you for having me, um, Mary. I'm really pleased to be on the show today. You know, um, I'm going to date myself here, but when I was in nursing school, it was during a time in New York State when they were deinstitutionalizing folks from the state hospital. And part of my um, nurse's training was to work in a community mental health center, which was using a lot of creative therapies. They were doing art therapy. They were doing musical therapy. They were doing psychodrama. And... um, and it seemed to really get people engaged. Expressive therapy seemed to really engage people um, who may not often be able to engage verbally. And I'm not sure why we haven't used them more than we have, but um, they seem to be very effective at that time. I, I think you're right in terms that it does help to engage people in a way that traditional uh, talk therapy does not engage people. Um, 
with psychodrama when we get people up and get them moving, um, magic happens and people are able to access different parts of their brain so that they um, become more, more fully alive and can be creative and spontaneous in ways that they're not able to do when they're just sitting and talking about things. So could you explain to our listeners who may not know, what is psychodrama? Psychodrama is an action method of doing counseling. It was developed by Jacob Levy Marino, and he was actually a psychiatrist who lived in um, Austria for a bit of time. Um, He's now deceased. He passed away in 1974. And when he lived in Vienna, he, of course, was uh, very much into the, the theater of his time. And so psychodrama is a synthesis of drama and um psychotherapy. It's, it's known as therapeutic theater. And it allows people to enact scenes from their lives, uh, past situations, present dilemmas, future dreams and expectations, so that they are able to gain new insights and understandings and practice new and more satisfying behaviors in a safe environment. So, Susan, how do you, how would you, um, like, in a group setting, per se, would you, would you ask somebody, um, let's say it was a group and everybody was there for maybe a different reason, um, does everybody in the group act out the situation, or is it just the person who brings the situation to the table? Well, the, just like in um, a play, the person whose story is being told is, the, is considered to be the protagonist. But the wonderful thing about psychodrama is that other group members are able to play roles in a person's drama, and that just being in um, the, the group setting can have a healing therapeutic effect. Uh, one of the things that Moreno realized through some of his work over the years is that we are more alike than we are different. And so being in a group, group setting allows us to heal through being uh, witnesses to the work that other people may be doing. Um, and I, I can walk you through kind of what, what like a typical psychodrama seg- session would consist of. That would be very interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, in psychodrama, there, it's a three-phase process. There's a warm-up, and then there is the action piece, and then there's sharing. And in the warm-up, um, say that the, um, the, the topic of a particular group setting um, might be on family issues. 
then um, a warm-up might be doing something which is called a locogram. And, of course, we do warm-ups in action. Um, So on the floor, I might designate four or five different areas and ask people to go stand on the, in the area of the room that represents um, a, a, a family situation that has been on their mind recently. And it could be um, conflict between siblings. It might be um, the uh, aging of a parent. It might be... Um, difficulties uh, with a child who could be using alcohol or drugs. Um, it could be uh, children have left, left the nest and so the parents are having empty nest issues. And the members of the group would go and stand on the area that they feel resonates with them most at that moment. And the people who were standing on any particular location in the room would share with each other why they chose that place. And so they're beginning to warm up to the topic of dealing with issues in the family. And from there, I would ask um, which members of the group would be interested in exploring that particular piece of family relationships more fully in a psychodrama. Um, And people who wanted to do a psychodrama would stand up and offer to do work, and then the group would choose the person whose story most closely matched their own, and that would be the person who would be the protagonist for that particular session. And from there, we would do um, the what's called a walk and talk, and, and it's just exactly as it sounds. Um, the, the protagonist and I would walk around and talk about what would they like to see happen during the course of their drama. And let's say that the drama was going to be um, a, a woman who was struggling with some addiction issues in one of her children. Um, So she might say she would like to have a conversation with this child about how she is being affected by um, uh, his or her smoking pot. And um, so then the protagonist would choose who else does she need in the drama. She might want, she would certainly need to have um, her child there and, and would pick someone to play the role of the child. Um, If she needed some support, if she spoke to her child, then maybe she would have her partner be there and she would pick someone to um, play her her partner. And then the drama would take place and following the drama, the group would get an opportunity to share with her about how they related to her drama in their own life. And so everybody gets the opportunity to um, connect through the work that she has done. So how long does a typical session 
take? We have a lot of flexibility in in determining lengths of sessions, and many times it is uh, dictated by the length of the the group setting. Um, typically, uh, since a group might be an hour, an hour and a half, a, a psychodrama session um, might last uh, thirty minutes. And then there wow. would be time for um, the the group members to share with the protagonist. And how many times typically does somebody have to go through like this scenario um, before they they feel very confident that they can talk to their son or daughter about their pot use or the family situation or? Many times, um, just having one session like that can be helpful enough that the the person gets a clear idea of what they need to say and how to approach the family member, that they're able to um, take that role training directly out into life experience and be able to have a conversation. And so as a clinician, do you follow up with them to see if they did actually do that or? Absolutely, yes. Um, uh, when I do work with uh, my clients uh, in session, I certainly follow up with them. And then um, and if it's an ongoing group, they will, the person would come back and, and check in with the group at the next session and tell us how it went. Um, so, are these typically mixed groups um, of, of males and females, all ages, um, similar um, issues that people want to talk about, or is it is it more homogeneous, or is it more heterogeneous? Um, typically, the um, the groups that I am running tend to be more homogeneous, um, and uh, certainly in the groups that I do at uh, Hyde Park Counseling Center. Um, You know, we're a residential treatment center for women, so uh, a lot of the psychodramas that I do revolve around issues that would be pertinent to women who are experiencing substance abuse and eating disorders. Well, we'll be right back with Susan after this commercial. If you have any questions, give us a call. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Make the most of your beautiful life. 
Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter, and migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and I'm your host today. And um, our show today, we're talking about psychodrama and um, how that can be very effective with working with people that have um, addictions of many kinds, including eating disorders. And our guest today is Susan Mullins-Overman, who is a primary therapist at Hyde Park Counseling Center, a women's residential treatment center in Tampa, Florida. And she's also a trainer, educator, and practitioner of psychodrama, which is an action method of doing therapy. And um, when we were during the commercial, I, I asked Susan a question that I'm going to ask her now so you can all hear the answer. Um, so Susan is a psychotherapist. There are many kind of roads you can take to enhance your counseling skills. And I'm wondering, what attracted you to psychodrama? I had heard about psychodrama from... Um a colleague of mine and was interested in doing some of my own um, personal growth. This was after I had um, completed graduate school and uh, wanted to do some continuing education and wanted to have my own group therapy experience. So I walked into my very first psychodrama training group about 20 years ago and fell in love with it um, just in seeing how powerful it was for me in doing my own personal work. And it also scared me to death because at the time I was uh, very quiet, very shy, and um, when we would go around the circle and say our names at the beginning of group, I thought I was going to die from anxiety. But yet there was something there that it just, me and um, in, in seeing my own growth over the last 20 years and in watching the healing that has taken place among 
clients and uh, others in my own training group, I just, the power of it is like nothing else I've ever experienced. Um, and I, I, I should say, Mary, that to get certified just as a psychodramatist, take 680 hours of training for someone who already has a master's degree. And there is a, a, a written exam as well as a, a practical exam in order to get certified. So um, being in a training group there, I have had a lot of opportunities to do my own work and to be part of work that others are doing. I think that's an important point because oftentimes people may say, oh, this sounds really cool. I'm going to try doing this. And it's it's important for everybody to understand what their scope of practice is and that there's um, that, that this is a legitimate process that you have to be certified for um, in order to do this effectively and ethically. Absolutely. And I, I think some folks have had... Um, a negative reaction to psychodrama because people have attended a workshop or two and have gone out and build themselves as a psychodramatist and um, use some of the techniques and have not had their clients have not had positive experiences with it and then it reflects negatively on those of us who are trained and on the method as a whole. Yeah, you know, I think um, this kind of brings to mind for myself. I was at a educational offering on PTSD, and the person was showing movies to elicit feelings, and some of these movies were pretty harsh. And I sat there thinking, like, wow, what kind of doors are getting opened with this? And, right. you know, um, and, and I think that with psychodrama, it would be very easy to open up doors that... Um, you might not intentionally want somebody could be triggered by a past traumatic experience or by something that that it, you know they're currently dealing with but they haven't expressed. And I'm wondering how do you manage that? Absolutely. Um, the uh, the clients that I um, work with here in treatment, if, of course, if they have a trauma history, I'm very much aware of it, and so. Um, if I am going to be doing any kind of, of work with them that might be opening up um, a lot of feelings or some doors, uh, I want to make sure that they have resources in the drama available to them. Um, I, I would not intentionally do trauma work with someone unless I knew that they were ready for it. Um, that they knew how to ground themselves, uh, that they knew how to soothe themselves, um, that they were able to um, uh, feel compassion towards um, the part of themselves that was wounded. So there would be a lot of, of preparation work before doing any kind of direct trauma work. And one of the things that we do is use what is called a containing double. And in psychodrama, a double is um, uh, someone who might 
speak things that are unexpressed for the protagonist, thoughts that might be unexpressed, feelings. Um, and when working with trauma, a containing double is, is a grounding influence on the protagonist and would be with the protagonist at all times during the drama um, as a resource when, if the person might be flooded with feelings of being able to say, I'm here, you're grounded, you're safe, you can see your feet on the floor, you're breathing, you're an adult, um, and in psychodrama, we also have the ability to bring someone out of the drama if they are um, getting overloaded with feelings um, and have them step into a safe place in the room where they can just do some talking and allow themselves to de-escalate. So typically, does this work better in an inpatient setting than an outpatient setting so that you have that support around you? Um, uh, n- in doing, um, I do a lot of psychodrama on an outpatient basis as well. Um, I'm just very careful in um, the sequence in which I may do, do work with clients. Um, I would do trauma work way down the road um, after I was sure that the person um, had enough ego strength to be able to do the trauma work. I think that's very important um, because it's such a big part in being able to heal. And would typically somebody be also getting individual therapy as well as psychodrama or is the primary therapy psychodrama? Um, well, I, when I work with clients individually, a lot of what we do is also Regular kind of therapy, we may do some um, cognitive behavioral work to challenge uh, irrational beliefs that they have. Um, we, if it's a, a client with an eating disorder, we'll be implementing some behavioral techniques, doing some supportive counseling, and psychodrama is just a component of the overall picture of what we're doing. Um, one of the things um, I mentioned, doubling, and I do do that um, with clients throughout the, the process of, of individual counseling um, because it can be a, a way for a client to really feel validated and, and like I get them, um, uh, you know, in, um, tr- in typical therapy, they talk about mirroring back to um, a client so that perhaps they can feel validated and understood. And in psychodrama, what we do is doubling. Um, And if a a client may be talking about um, uh, feeling overwhelmed by um, the thought of... of, uh, not being able to drink for the rest of their lives. Um, I may come over when I double, I would say, I feel really scared. Um, and, and if it feels right, the client would repeat that. 
Um, and if not, they have the opportunity to change it. But by saying, I feel really scared that I'm not going to be able to do this, um, it can move it to a deeper level and the client can understand that I know where they're coming from. I think that um, for, for a lot of people, I'm sure this is a way for them to connect with others as well, not only their own feelings, but to, to have a, a format in which to connect with other people who might be like-minded or going through similar experiences. Absolutely. So there must be a social component to this as well. Absolutely. One of the things about Marino, he really was a visionary, and um, he believed that um, human beings are social creatures and that we are wounded in relationships and we get healed in relationships, and that um, our ability to be in relationship with others was an important component of being fully human. And so much of his work was at looking at how we are able to encounter each other honestly, openly, and genuinely. And so through the process of um, being in group that we are, we are able to... Um, get to know others on a more genuine level and um, and also to get to know ourselves better. Um, we're going to be going to a break pretty soon, but I was just wondering, could you give us an example of one of these miracles that you've seen as a result of, of people participating in psychodrama or the magic? <laughs> um, w- one of the... the um, the things that I see that's magic is um, when someone will do what we call a future projection, they can't imagine themselves being in recovery. And so we will do a future projection of what their life is like um, a year down the road when they've been in recovery. And the person will have a conversation with their future self um, and get be able to ask that future self um, questions about what life is like and what they did to get there in recovery, um, and and I can see in that process some of the the fear being lifted, some of the anxiety about I don't know what my life is going to be like, I don't know what it's unknown. Um, it becomes a concrete reality, and um, and it looks like the weight of the world is being lifted off their shoulders. And we need to take a break right now, so um, please hang in there during this commercial, and we'll be back with Susan in a short while. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Why do people behave the way they do? The study of human behavior is one of the most interesting facets of life. Human behavior gets played out in a limitless number of ways. Now, there's a radio program that explains the why and the how of what we do. Human Behavior, What a Trip, is hosted by Dr. Jonathan Brower and will include interesting guests as well as call interaction from people like you. Let's have fun with this together. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest today is Susan Mullins-Overman, who is a licensed mental health counselor. She has her master's degree in mental health and rehabilitation counseling from the University of South Florida in Tampa. And um, the first part of the show, we've talked a considerable amount about psychodrama and its components. And Susan, you've had a lot of experience working with folks with eating disorders, trauma, and substance abuse. And uh, could you share with our listeners a little bit about how how and why psychodrama is effective with folks who have eating disorders and substance abuse? Well, I, I think that when um, people have either eating disorders or substance abuse, that they become very disconnected from themselves. Um, and uh, psychodrama is a way that they are able to reconnect with themselves. Um, You know, addicts typically have a hard time identifying feelings and and everything gets channeled through the addiction as with the eating disorder. And so through the process of um, psychodrama, I think they're able to reconnect uh, with themselves emotionally and have a safe forum for doing that. 
um, getting up and, and moving into action is a way to uh, get clients in touch with both parts of their brain. And um, when they're in touch with that right side of the brain, they're much more in touch with creativity and spontaneity. And when they're in touch with that, their ability to um, problem solve is uh, has, a, has a broader range so that they're able to come up with solutions to situations and, and problems that they might not have been able to access otherwise. So can, for example, somebody with an eating disorder, how would typically, how would psychodrama help them progress? A big piece about um, clients with eating disorders is um, I like to think about all the chatter that goes on in their brain. Um, There's a constant dialogue about if I eat this, um, uh, I'm going to have to exercise or purge to get rid of the food. Um, if I'm fat, people won't like me. Um, the food is, is my best friend. Lots of kinds of internal dialogue. And, so, um, and then once they start working on a recovery program, they've got the voice of the uh, the recovery in there as well. And I kind of like to think about it as the, the angel and the devil, uh, one on each shoulder talking to them. And so with psychodrama, what we can do is ask our client to concretize these two voices. And for example, uh, she would ask, one person to play the voice of the eating disorder, another person to play the voice of um, recovery, and and our client would be able to actually have a conversation with these voices. And in psychodrama, we do something called role reversal. So that, for example, if our our client is having a conversation with the voice of the eating disorder, um, at different points she would reverse roles and would step into the role of the eating disorder and actually speak as the voice of the eating disorder, um, saying things like, I'll be waiting for you. You may think you're strong right now, but I'll be there for you whenever you're weak. And then step back. Then she would reverse roles and step back into herself and would be able to have a conversation refuting those voices out loud as if they're separate from her. Um, and, And it can be very powerful to see and hear these different voices Um, listen to which is louder, the voice of recovery or the voice of the eating disorder, Um, and be able to see if that changes over the course of the drama. And what about, like, a lot of folks who have uh, substance use disorders often have a hard time managing anger and rage. How would you use psychodrama in that situation? Um, in order to do that, um, 
uh, I could set up a, a scenario where um, the client would actually be able to have a conversation with their anger, um, but we would do it in a way where it was contained. Um, like I could uh, set up a, um, a containment box around the anger so that the anger could not um, escape from the box so that the client would um, be able to step into the, the, the anger box and see what it feels like to contain that anger um, and then step back into themselves. Um, but one of the things that, that we see frequently is that anger is a secondary emotion and underneath that is fear. Um, and that, that anger is a, is a powerful um, emotion and the fear is one where the client feels very vulnerable. And so frequently what happens is that underneath the anger is a great deal of fear and that what we end up working with is not so much the anger but the fear. And so um, when we start with the anger, um, there's something that we do called role training before we actually start a psychodrama. Um, a client would pick a person to play the role of anger or might even say, you know, I don't want to put a person um, in that role. I'm just going to use a, an empty chair to rec represent my anger. And I would ask the client to step into the role of their anger and then I would interview them, and I would say, okay, Anger, you're married. You're, you, how old are you? How long have you been with Mary Jane? What is your purpose for being present in her life? So that the client would begin to get some insight into what the, the purpose of that anger is and how long it's been there and maybe when it came into being. Um, so usually it's not just about um, looking at the anger. It's about looking at what's underneath it. And so in doing this, do people, are they then able to transfer their skills um, outside of the psychodrama? Absolutely. To, um, yeah. Absolutely. And, of course, with clients who have issues with um Anger, you know, before stepping into doing the psychodrama with them, I'm also teaching them about doing um, containment of the anger, like, okay, you're feeling angry, um, um, doing some deep breathing, teaching them perhaps to walk away when they first begin to notice um, the, the, the feeling of anger, the Adrenaline begins to get loose in the system to be able to identify the precursors to acting out in rage. Um, so it, it's not just we're going to step in and do a psychodrama and, and that's going to be all of the work that we do. We're going to teach the client about 
mindfulness to be in touch with their body and see when the anger first begins to manifest. So if I'm understanding this um, correctly, the use of psychodrama is, is most effective when you've already established a clinical therapeutic relationship with someone that you want, you've done a full assessment and you understand um, what their strengths and vulnerabilities are. And that they, that they have they have developed some types of skills in terms of um, being able to regulate their mood. So psychodrama isn't what you, the first thing you do after an intake. Absolutely not. No, yeah. <laughs> there there is there is the process just as you um, described it. Um, I might before I would do any work on say working with the anger. Um, I might be working with the client on identifying resources. Um, one of the things that, that uh, psychodramatists use are scarves to help individuals um, visualize different things or um, to set a scene. So I might ask a client to come over and um, pick a scarf that represents a resource that would help them to contain their anger, and then they would have a conversation with um, the resource um, and feel comfortable with the resource before we would actually start doing work with the anger. I think maybe that's one of the myths, at least that I have around psychodrama, is that that it's done independently of anything else. And, and you know, I, I think that's well, at least one of my beliefs is that psychodrama was something that happened independent of any other type of therapy. And, and that is a, a, a misconception. Um, it is a, a tool that is combined with um, basic clinical skills and, and other, other techniques as well. That's good to know. It's... it's um, you know, and, and I guess I often wonder, because when I think back to my first experience with this, it was so effective. Why do you think it hasn't been embraced more um, widely? Well, I, I think one of the, the things about psychodramatists is um, that, that we're probably not as research-focused as we need to be. Um, in fact, uh, right now there is a, a big push among the American Society of um, Group Psychotherapy and Psychodrama for research so that it can be um, considered to be an evidence-based treatment. Um, and uh, typically psychodramatists are just not that interested in doing research, and I think that it has been... Um, a detriment to our, our field. We've got a lot of anecdotal evidence about its effectiveness, but we don't have the articles to back it up. And we'll be right back for our final segment with Susan after this commercial. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone, to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods. I'm your host today, and we've been uh, spending this hour talking about um, a therapeutic modality called psychodrama with our guest, Susan Mullins-Overman, who is a wonderful um, guest and also a very skilled psychodramatist, and she is currently working at... Hyde Park Counseling Center, which is a women's residential treatment center in Tampa, Florida. Um, before we went to break, you were you were beginning to talk about um, the lack of research on psychodrama. Um, is there more you want to say about that? Yes, um, one of the um, the things that that I find to be very helpful in working with um, some of my clients is to do what is called a social atom, and that is uh, um, an exercise that can be used as a pre and post measure when a client comes into treatment. Um, the The social atom is a, a visual representation of um, the client and then all of those uh, individuals that are significant to the client at any given time. And um, and it's a little bit like a a genogram, but it focuses on current relationships. And it it is a diagram that a client will make um, that gives a visual picture of um, the individuals in their lives um, who are on the planet and those who have passed away. 
And I like to do that when someone first comes into treatment and then as they get close to leaving treatment because the, uh, there are definite differences. On the initial social atom, um, there might be more individuals who support the addictive behavior and um, we identify emotional closeness or estrangement by the placement of the individual on the page. And so um, if the client's in the middle of the page, family members might be in the corners. And frequently by the time they leave treatment, the folks who supported the addictive behaviors are gone and family members have moved closer. So it really does give a good representation of how their social world has changed as they begin recovery. I think it's it's very much um, worth repeating the whole process to become a certified psychodramatist, that this is not um, something that you can go to a one-day workshop and go out and practice on your own. So could you once again share with folks how the what the process is to become certified? Yes. Um, to, to become certified as a practitioner of psychodrama, you're required to have 680 hours of training um, with a person like me, who I'm a trainer, educator, and practitioner. And um, there are 80 supervised psychodrama sessions that are required um, before being able to sit for the exam. There's a six-hour written exam um, and then a a three-hour, what we call an on-site, that is like a, a practical exam in order to be certified. And then to become a trainer, Um, there is an additional requirement of 144 hours of supervised training, another six-hour written exam, and another training on-site to get get this final certification. And um, when I I have an ongoing training group here in Tampa, that meets uh, once a month for uh, 10 months of the year. And in that group, we do um, deeper work. But since this is an experiential method, if you're in a training group, the way that you're going to learn is by doing your own work in the group. And in that group, we really do get into issues and do deep psychodramas. But if I am offering an open one-day training in the community, I will not do um, any kind of deep psychodramatic work because I don't know the people who were in that um, group. Uh, We may do a psychodrama, but it will be something that is um, not going to be a regressive drama and take people back into their core issues or We may do um, skills training so that the clinicians would have something that they could take with them back to their office on Monday and use with um, their clients. Many of the um, warm-up exercises that we do 
um, can be used with someone just who has a day's worth of, of training. How would somebody find a certified psychodramatist? They're, the certifying agency is the American Board of Examiners in Psychodrama, Sociometry, and Group Psychotherapy. And um, on their website, there is a, um, a link that says, Find a Trainer, and you type in your zip code, and it will give you the trainers in that person's area. So if somebody's looking for a clinical psychodramatist, is it the same link? Same link. There, um, okay. There's a link that says find a psychodramatist. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you want to make sure that they're certified if you're absolutely. looking for somebody. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how can people get in touch with you, Susan, or if they want to learn more about um, Hyde Park? Uh, they can call me at uh, my phone number here at I- Hyde Park, which is 813-258-4605, or they can go to our website here at Hyde Park, hydeparkcenter.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. It kind of has flown by. But, it has. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you um, for having hope, me. You're welcome, and I hope all of our listeners have a wonderful week. Take care, everybody. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.